Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. I'm Keegan. And I'm Madigan. And you're listening to Your Angry Neighborhood Feminist. This is a podcast where we explore the world through our own personal feminist perspective. Hello, Madigan. How are you doing today? Hello, Keegan. Oh, you know, I'm doing all right. I'm I'm hanging on. I'm getting by, you know. Yeah, you know, I really should stop saying that. I think I've said on this show before that that's such a loaded phrase nowadays is like how are you doing because it's just like one day I could be relatively fine and the next day I could want to burn the city down so I mean I would say for us it's even more like specific than that it's like one hour I could be okay and one hour I could want to burn the city down no it's true like you know (laughs) I was listening to Taylor Swift and crying and you know now I feel all right so who knows who even knows I sure don't I don't know <laughs> what's going on I I did a bunch of reading about like vaccine stuff today and like what that means for like when we can see people and all this cre- it's and it's nothing good it's nothing good nobody knows anything and it's it's so confusing like I saw this morning that we actually had a decline in cases, like a stark decline in cases um, for the first time in a really long time. And that seems really promising. In all of the U.S.? In the U.S., yeah. But then there was another thing that's like, hey, there's like another strain that came out of South Africa that's like resistant to some of the vaccines that has now shown up in the United States. So it's like you got a little bit of good news and then a little bit of bad news. And nobody knows what it means for anything ever. I know. I'm I'm at a place right now where I'm I'm trying to figure out a way that I can survive this with my mental health intact like I (laughs) I think it's just you know I was kind of like getting by with this for a while I think especially because I was still like going to work every day that my life really didn't feel that different and I'm finally at a point where I feel like I'm in the panic phase where I'm like I can't do this anymore I I can't I can't I can't Mm -hmm. do it I can't Mm -hmm. that was me last month Oh, my mm-hmm. God. Like, I literally was about to just jump in my car and drive to Idaho to see my mom. I'm like, fuck this. Because, like, yesterday was a year ago that I haven't seen her. And so I've been, like, a wreck for the past 24 hours because all I want to do is hug my mom. And I'm like, fuck this shit. Like, I'm going to get – like, who says I can't just drive to my mom right now? You know, it's just – it's. Uh, but then there's all of those things. Where it's the risk. Is it worth it? Is it this? And it makes it such – a moral quandary in my head it, it that is so It becomes very hard. difficult and, you know, it's hard because, of course, everyone still needs to do their part. We need to fight this pandemic fatigue as much as possible. But I try not to be too judgmental with people because I also feel like you have to try and protect your mental health in whatever yeah. way you can because there are risks involved but for me, in that way as well. It doesn't it doesn't ease my anxiety because I'm like, okay, sure. so let's say I go and something happens and I get sick or my mom gets sick. Sure. I'm gonna feel like the biggest mm-hmm. piece of oh, shit yeah. in the world for having yeah. caused that. So I can't oh, yeah. like that would be 
if I made, let's say I made the decision to go, I'm like, we're going to get done recording and I'm going to drive overnight and I'm going to be there in the morning. The entire way there, I would be like, I'm making a huge mistake. I'm making a huge mistake. Somebody's going to get sick. Someone's going to die. Like it would be either way. It's a lose-lose in my head. I hear you. You know, <laughs> I I started therapy yesterday. Yay! Welcome yes. to the therapy club. Thank you. I'm not sure if I like my therapist yet. Oh, so we'll, well, you got to you got to like your therapist. Well, but that's like that's part of the whole process of starting with a new person. You know, sometimes you got to go through a couple to kind of figure out who you really like and I've definitely gone through that and I can speak from experience. Don't try to make it work because you don't want to try to look for you someone know, else. It's it's hard though because it's like do I not like her because I just don't like what she's saying to me or do I not like her because we really don't vibe? So I'm going to give it another oh, yeah. shot, like another couple, you know, sessions. Well, did you just have one session? Yeah. Yeah. Give her give her a few m- more chances. Figure out what's going on because also like they're humans too and need to understand who sure. you are as well. You know, so I think that that's also kind of interesting with therapy is that like it really is a two-way street. But yeah, I, I highly recommend that if you've gone to somebody and you're just like there's nothing wrong with them but you're just not feeling like that's your person. Like there's nothing wrong with trying to find other people. I've had so many therapists in my life. I don't think I could name half of them. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> I hear you. Oh, um, man. Well, Keegan, there is a topic of conversation that I really, really, really want to have with you. And it's not GameStop, is it? Because it is I've not tried ga- my hardest to figure that situation out. And there is something about when people start talking about like finances and numbers that like my brain literally cannot absorb the information. Like, yeah, I, like it goes to monkeys playing symbols in my head. Like, yes. I can't take it in at all so I can't explain that to the listeners I'm so sorry yeah I understand the outcome and I understand a lot of the other things going on but yes I I don't have enough financial knowledge I could not explain it to you I would not be able to make it make sense to anybody so no that is not what I wanted to talk to you about today although I have to say one of the best things to like distract my mind from things enjoying just, the like, tweets enjoying the memes and it's why I, I wanted to at least bring it up because I'm sure like as far as what's in the news and what's in pop culture right now it's everywhere but I can't explain it to you yeah have you seen that like there was a dog that like was able to have surgery paid for because their owner no amazing uh, did, there, I love there's it. a bunch of see really amazing like tweets and stories on reddit coming out of people like and what they're doing with their earnings 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 <laughs> from the yeah. stock which is really cool but no i actually wanted to talk to you about the fact that we are kind of back in the game with getting harriet tubman on the 20 dollar bill oh that that was my good thing to talk about this week all right let's do it Okay, but I also have a bigger conversation that I wanted to have with you because I I read a really interesting um, article. I saw it both on Yahoo News and Time Magazine, which I think is probably time. Did Mm -hmm. you read it by any chance, or did you just see it? I skimmed. Okay, so I read it and I found it really, really interesting because it is a perspective that I haven't heard before. So first of all, I want to talk about the fact that Biden has announced this week that he plans to return the Obama-era initiative to put Harriet Tubman on the $20 bill, replacing Andrew Jackson's portrait. Um, Biden's press secretary, Jen, is it Pisaki? Pisaki? I'm actually not sure how you say her last name, which I feel really bad about. I feel like it's... Uh, like a more uh, Midwestern A. 
Pisaki? Pisaki. I feel like it's kind of like hmm. you do like a quick P maybe. Like it's, I feel like it would be uh, one of my classmates in elementary school's last names a little bit. Well, if we're wrong, somebody please send it to us spelled phonetically. Yeah. I mean, it's such an easy fix. I definitely could have just like looked it up on YouTube, but I didn't even think about it when I wrote it. So now saying it out loud, I'm like, well, fuck. Um, anyways, Jen, let's call her for now, Miss Press Secretary, told reporters on Monday that the Treasury was, quote, exploiting ways to speed up the process and added... Exploring. I think you said exploiting. I did. Is that not what it was? No, exploring ways. <laughs> I swear on the website it said exploiting. And I was like, no, you're just I wrote admitting the same thing. that I, you're I like... I have the same quote. <laughs> oh, my God. No, in my head, I thought it was like, no, we are using every means necessary. Like, in my head, I was like, oh, okay. We like, are yeah. exploiting all of the ways. <laughs> right. Funny. I mean, like... Just a little bit more intense, you know, like they, I mean, really, they really wanted to happen to speed things up. Um, she added, it's important that our money reflect the history and diversity of our country. Um, and this is interesting. So in the Time article that I read written by Brittany Cooper, it stated that the current design of the new $20 bill will feature Harriet Tubman's face on the front, but then will feature a statue of Jackson still on the back, which I don't have a $20 bill on me, so I don't know if that's what it looks like now. No, it's not. I mean, there's not a statue of Jackson on the back of a 20 I Are you sure it's not even just like a purse. tiny like thing? Well, let me... Okay, how about Go I Go get a 20. Really Go get a 20. Okay, so I have a 20... Right in front of me, right here. Oh, wait, that's a two. That's a $2 I was going to say, that's a lucky bill right there. It is. That's why I keep it in my purse. Okay, mm-hmm. here's a 20. So, yeah, that's what I thought. So, it has um, Andrew Jackson on the front. Right. And then the back has... Which building? Is is that the White House? I yeah, don't it's think... the White House. Is that the White House or is that... Oh, yeah, that's totally the White House. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it has... Okay, so... And this is the thing. So I Googled this shortly before we recorded because I was talking about it with Max and I couldn't find anywhere else that stated that that was what the design looked like. So I don't know what her sources were or where she heard this or anything, but I wanted to bring it up because I read it in the article. But that's not even really the main part of the article. If that is true, though, that's a whole other topic of conversation that you would have Harriet Tubman on one side of a bill and Andrew Jackson on another. I don't know who would make that call. And judging that this was an Obama era decision, I have a hard time believing that that's what they would do. That's exactly what I thought. And and so I, I want to go further into what Brittany said. I... I don't know. I don't know exactly. I I can't really have a, a personal opinion on this, but I found this a really, really fascinating thing. But because this was a Obama era initiative, it made things a little bit confusing to me. And that's why I just kind of wanted to uh, kind of have an open discussion here. So in the article, the author, Brittany Cooper, feels a little bit differently about having Harriet Tubman's face on the $20 bill. She says, they view it as progress, as a necessary and long overdue disruption of the American founding father's narrative. I do not. 
I know in a country that worships at the altar of capitalism, an economic system made possible by the free black labor procured through the transatlantic slave trade, a black woman's face on our currency seems like the highest honor we could bestow. But what a stunning failure of imagination. Putting Tubman on legal tender when slaves in the United States were treated as fungible commodities is a supreme form of disrespect. The imagery of her face changing hands as people exchange cash for goods and services evokes for me discomfitting scenes of enslaved persons being handed over as payment for white debt or for anything white slaveholders wanted. America certainly owes a debt to black people, but this is not the way to repay it. Okay. Um, I... It's something... It's, it's not anything that I've ever heard come up in this uh, conversation. Yeah, I, I understand the criticism. I think the criticism is super valid and totally... I'm willing to have that conversation. I'm very critical of capitalism just in general. I think that capitalism has a huge death count, including uh, the history of slavery that we have in this country and in countries all over the world that, you know, continues to be perpetuated for goods. So I think that that's a completely valid observation and one that I had not thought about. So I completely understand. Yeah. Does it change my opinion on the matter? I don't think so. (laughs) Yeah, Um, I mean, for me, especially because I want to make sure that I'm getting all the information that I can and because I don't feel being a white woman that I really should have an opinion on this. Like, I can't say whether or not this Brittany is correct or not I mean I of course think she's making a lot of really valid points and that's why I Mm -hmm. wanted to bring this up Uh, but I I mean we've always been so excited about it so it was just kind of an interesting thing but you know Brittany goes on to make some other really good points about representation and why representation is really important but it's also important for representation to be equal to be you know positive and things like that which I don't think necessarily her I don't know like I don't I don't know it's hard (laughs) for me to understand her point then because no I I don't mean to say it like that that sounds really condescending I understand her point and I actually think she has a very valid point in regards to capitalism and the way that we viewed enslaved people as currency yeah Uh, I think that all of that is very valid however I do think that there's something to be said if we are going to continue to have paper money I think that there is something to be said for moving away from having founding fathers and slave owners and genocidal maniacs like Andrew Jackson being the only representatives on our currency. I think it's important that we allow these things that are handled and have to be handled. And, you know, unfortunately with capitalism, it's like currency is something that every person, no matter if you are a racist living in the South, you're going to have to have a $20 bit dollar bill at some yep. point. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, and, I, and also I didn't, let me just say real fast. Yeah. I said racist in the South. Uh, racists are everywhere. I don't mean to call you out South. Like, <laughs> I understand that you guys get a lot of heat for that. But you know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. it, I, I think that it is important that there is representation 
on something that everyone has to use. That's what I was going to say. It's like widespread representation in a way that you wouldn't get with like a TV show or a commercial or a whatever. Like this right, is something that... Right, you can't that, opt out of spending money. Yeah. Like, unfortunately, you have to in this country exactly, to survive. Exactly, exactly. Um, I also learned something really fascinating and I'm going to add this link in the show notes because I think anybody who has any fascination with history would find this really interesting. Um, so during the Confederacy, each secessionist state printed out its own money so this wouldn't be the first time technically that a black person would be featured on currency of any kind um the first time that it would be positive a positive depiction of a black person on currency many of the confederate states had enslaved people depicted on their currency and it's really interesting so there was this one i can't remember what state it was for but there was one bill that was based off of a piece of art called all talk no work and it is a black man with a cow And so, first of all, just the worst fucking name for what that painting was. It was just like, okay. Second of all, what's interesting is that the the man depicted on the currency was referred to as a slave when it was first printed in 1861, but was renamed as a, quote, free Negro in 1872. Mm -hmm. So that's just kind of an interesting little history lesson that I, like, kind of went off of when I was reading this article. I will will say this. I just apologized to the South a second ago, but I will say (laughs) this about the former Confederate states. They know how to rewrite some history. That's for real. Like, oh, <laughs> for real. They are experts at mental gymnastics. Um, but this is kind of my thoughts after reading both the positive and the critiques about Harriet Tubman being on the bill. I guess if I were to have any sort of standpoint that I feel like would be appropriate, it would just be that if we are going to be honoring Harriet Tubman and a black woman on our $20 bill, then we need to do more on a daily basis to ensure that we're not just making it this performative big thing which i know that this this initiative started with obama and and it was a it was a contest right back in like 2015 and it was like eleanor roosevelt and i just had it up on wikipedia and so i think there was like five or six women that it was between and harriet tubman won you know the the poll and um so i think that You know, it makes sense for it to come back because it was an Obama era initiative. Biden is now here. But I I am very skeptical. You know, watching skating recently, they have a new um, they have a new Mabel Fairbanks scholarship. I talked about Mabel Fairbanks Uh a few Mm -hmm. months ago and it just kind of the performativeness of it felt uh, I I felt unsure about it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so I think for me, especially because I don't always know um, how to how to state my positions on on these things appropriately for me i feel like if you're going to make a big deal out of um putting harriet tubman on the 20 dollar bill then there needs to be a hell of a lot more to back that up as far as like you know um prison systems and people that are imprisoned for drugs and so many other things instead of just having harriet tubman's face well, on a 20 dollar bill i you think know? it's a good first step i think it will increase conversation you know for Everyone, because like I said, it's it's unavoidable, right? You can't avoid young children whose parents maybe are trying to prevent them from learning about this history. You can't avoid them eventually getting some a $20 bill and seeing who's on it and wondering what that is and yeah. having those conversations. It does bring this person into every household in America yeah. in a completely different way. And I think for a country that 
oftentimes likes to prize itself on being this melting pot, there is a need for that to be reflected in yeah. public spaces uh, more often. Like our currency should reflect that. Like we should have people who look different than just a white guy from the 17 and 1800s totally represented on our currency so um i still i think that that is such a fascinating argument and i actually think that it is extremely valid and one that i will definitely think on now that i know that yeah i'll link do i still feel pretty positively about about it yeah yeah i'm i'm pretty jazzed about it too you know and that's kind of why i wanted to bring that up because i wanted to you know, make sure that I got my facts straight, that I know For the whole sure. picture, you know? So, but I am I will make sure that that link to the article as well goes into the show notes as well as the images of the different old currency just because I love looking at old art and old, like, pictures and things like mm-hmm. that. And, like, it's nothing that I've ever seen before. I don't, it's so cool. It's, I mean, sad and upsetting, so I shouldn't say cool, but also, like, from a historic standpoint, it's interesting. interesting, you know, the yeah, yeah. why I, I feel like, I, you know, we've had these conversations, especially over the summer, whenever a lot of Confederate monuments were being taken down and yeah. things like that. And people are trying to say, like, you're trying to erase history. It's not that I don't want to see these things. I do. But put them in their proper context. Yes, of, they shouldn't be um, celebrated. Right. Like, I want to see them in a museum or I want to see them because I Googled it and I'm looking for the information in the context of history i don't want to see it in the form of a i don't want to see it on the in the form of being on my currency and i don't want to see it in the form of being a monument or statue praising a person you know like that's not how i want to it doesn't need to be viewed that way just to be seen as history you know exactly exactly for sure okay well i wanted to give an update on trump's impeachment okay question mark i i put a question mark but no he has been impeached yes yes. you know impeachment trial conviction right right so this week senate republicans basically tried to weasel their way out of having to hold an impeachment trial on our former president which is how i decided to refer to to him for for now on, um, from here on out, just our former president, our former I feel president. like, is the best way to, to See, say it. But that even feels weird because, like, when he was president, I referred to, re- I, I referred, I refused to refer to him as the president. So it feels, it feels weird for me to refer to him as the former president. Like, well, I just. Well, you know, ugh. he did start the office of the former president. Did you see that he announced that? What? Because, okay, let me just address this real fast. Please this do. what I'm talking about. But, like, so. You know, a bunch of appointees, uh, Trump appointees, cannot get a job now. Well, yeah. They are un- unhireable, yeah. basically. Yeah, because, you know, they, they had some jobs and some prospects prior to January 6th. And then a lot of that dried up in Washington, D.C. A lot of people were like, nah, we don't want to hire any of you. We don't want to touch you with a 10-foot pole. Yeah. So... Uh, Partly because, probably mostly because our former president is a um, narcissist and partly because all those people need jobs, he started the office of the former president. And what is that office going to achieve? It is, I, I, he released a whole statement about what it is. Good, good, it's good, so good, good, good. arrogant, like no 
no president has ever done this before. No. But they're going to employ quite a few people who were in his employ in the past. To do uh, what? To um, manage his affairs and communication. With uh, who? With his followers, I guess. Oh, like, I don't, God. It's so stupid. That is anyway. the stupidest thing I've ever heard mm-hmm. in my yeah. life. Yeah, it's Ugh. terrible. But there were 45 Republican senators who voted this week to dismiss uh, Donald Trump's impeachment trial before it even started. So they're basically trying to debate whether or not we have the right or they have the right to try someone who is no longer in office, which is ridiculous to me because we Mm -hmm. all know there's no way that these people who are arguing this do not know that that's possible. Oh, of course. Uh, This was a USA Today article, and I don't remember what the headline is. Let me see if it's in there. The headline, I don't remember what it was, but it was basically like, um, duh. Like, of course they can try him. Like, there is precedent for this, and they all know this. Like, But they say things that are blatantly untrue, I feel like, because they know that the followers that are still mm -hmm. attached to all of this are going to hear that and believe Mm -hmm. that that is true, even though it is not. Like, it's just... Yes, that's why Ted Cruz said what he said about the Paris Climate Accord. He's not an idiot. He just knows there are people who lack critical thinking who are not and they're not going to google it with that deep yeah they're not going to give it a goog and see like what the paris climate accord really is so they're going to agree with ted cruz yeah it's just (sighs) right i mean and again the these senate republicans they know that this is bs um because the senate concluded a long time ago that it had jurisdiction to try a former officer so there was a time uh when the house of representatives impeached former secretary uh former Secretary of War William Belknap in 1876. And they did that after he was out of office. And they did it because the Constitution makes it clear that impeachment serves two goals. One, to remove somebody from office. And two, for forever disqualifying them from holding that office again uh, or for enjoying any of the perks that you get after you've served office. Right. So... In order to secure a conviction, we need at least 14 Republican votes to achieve a two-thirds majority of 67 senators, um, and that's what's required constitutionally Uh in order to convict him. So again, I know it's confusing. He has been impeached twice. Yes. People who say that he was not impeached because the last time he continued to serve as president, he was impeached. He just was not convicted. Yes. Same thing has happened so far here. He hasn't been convicted yet. But we need at least 14. Right now, it seems as though Trump might be acquitted again because these Republicans are so spineless. Don't tell me that, Keegan. I don't want to hear those the truth. things. I mean, freaking I know New York Times swamped my inbox with telling me that last week <sighs> or earlier this week. Um, still so rude. We'll, we'll see because really, I'm like, it's like I'm, you my, sending me. I still haven't read the article or even the entire photo that you sent me of Elliot Page and his wife. I'm like, I'm not even I can't handle. Is it bad news? Do they break up? Look, do they break up? Yes. Fuck me. Yeah, he, he filed. He filed for divorce. So, yeah, I mean, our mental health is hanging on by a yeah, thread I here. Yeah, I just can't. And, uh, I can't handle it. I hear you. 
I hear you. But I mean, we'll we'll see because the evidence presented at trial is sure to be damning evidence. Well, yeah. And I really feel like these Senate Republicans are trying to get out of having a trial at all because they know it's going to be hard for them to weasel their way out yes, of it because when presented with the evidence. Well, yeah. And if, if they still choose to side with Trump, that is career suicide. You know, they like I think a lot of these people know that like they are not becoming any more popular in politics because they're siding with Trump. So I feel like if there's a trial, it gives them another opportunity to be scrutinized and criticized for siding with Trump. Or if there is no trial, then maybe none of that would even they, have to come yeah, up. You they know? don't want a trial because either way they're screwed, right. basically. is because like they know that if they side with Trump, then they are failing at their sworn duty you know they have a duty to the constitution and to uphold the constitution yeah. and they are betraying that if they do not convict him they know that if they do vote to convict they are alienating a very dangerous base yeah um of trump supporters so i mean they're kind of in a, a really shitty position either way but we'll i mean see. hey you made your bed you gotta lay in it you know, I mean, and and the other thing that they're doing is is saying that there's like insufficient witnesses, and it's like, yo, y'all were there, like yeah. the witnesses, like <laughs> we all saw about? it. We we watched CNN the whole day. We all saw yeah, it. Yeah, I, I don't know. Oh like they were they were present at the insurrections. It was your lives who were threatened. So, uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. Uh, okay, well, I told a commenter today that I would be discussing this on the mini episode and I think it's really important. So this week Biden signed a gender discrimination order which will allow transgender women to participate in women's sports leagues which seeks to enforce a Supreme Court ruling from last year that prohibits discrimination on the basis of someone's gender identity and sexual orientation and this has spurred a full-on turf war on Twitter and that is why you say. <laughs> yeah and this is why I wanted to mention this because I think it's important to as often as possible remind the world trans women are women trans men are men non-binary people are whoever the fuck they want to be everybody is beautiful unicorns and just shut the fuck up about it already you know what I mean it's everybody is valid everybody's identity is valid with that being said Let's let's hear what some of these turfs had to say. So she was referred to as a feminist activist on the New York Post mm -hmm. article that I saw, which I take great offense to. But I'm referring to her as to her as a turf activist. Her name is Dr. Jane Claire Jones. She tweeted unilaterally imposing trans ideology on a nation with no thought for women's rights is not how you create unity. Wall Street Journal reporter Abigail Schreier tweeted that the order unilaterally eviscerates women's sports. Any educational institution that receives federal funding must admit biologically male athletes to women's teams, women's scholarships, etc. A new glass ceiling was just placed over girls. I mean, I swear they think that trans women are just like manipulative... Yes, or or what they're thinking is that there's just going to be this, like, stampede of cisgender men who have decided to just, like, Mrs. Doubtfire their way into <laughs> women's sports. Like, that's not what's going to... That's not what's happening here. Like, I, I really yeah. want them to present me with examples of 
of that occurring because I really feel like because that was J.K. Rowling's whole thing. Yeah. Was basically saying that like what's to stop cisgendered men from going into women's spaces by claiming to be trans women. Right. I'm like you really need to point to examples of when of that's this happened. happening. Yeah. Because and even if it has happened I guarantee you it's not rampant. It's not something that occurs often so uh, what's your real issue here yeah. like, can you just own up it's, to what your actual problem is with this situation yeah. you don't want to because you know that if you did you would have to admit that you just don't like it yeah. and you're just transphobic that and you that's are, what it is exactly that you are incredible I mean and I think that these people I mean I don't even think that they would shy away from admitting that they're transphobic because they don't believe that being transgender exists. You know, it's just, it's such a bizarre wing of, again, I don't even want to call it feminism because that just feels gross to even tie it in with anything that I believe in. Um, But yeah, it's, it's, I hate it. So there was this hashtag that was going around on Twitter that's hashtag Biden erased women. And so that kind of, yeah, so that's kind of how this whole thing started. And the idea that, you know, womanhood is being erased because we are allowing trans women to join a cisgender female space. That doesn't make any sense. Like, it just actually doesn't make any sense. It's not erasing women. It's opening up to include more women. Like, no one is saying that the women who were there don't exist. Like, yeah. it, it's so, I don't even, okay. Yeah, I, and I I posted this photo today, and I was going to wait until uh, we posted for the episode because I knew I wanted to discuss this, but I kind of wanted this tweet from India Moore, one of my huge role models, uh, to kind of get some attention on our page because I think that they responded to this hashtag Biden erased women in a really great way. So they tweeted, Biden didn't erase women, but trans people have been erased from history, from existence, many a times via the same ideas you have literally almost killed an entire race of people that embraces gender variance and queerness. Sharing the world with trans people doesn't erase you. And I think that's the most there. Exactly. There it is. is. It's Mm -hmm. the same thing as Black Lives Matter. Because Black Lives Matter, it does not mean that everybody else's life does not matter. You know, it's it's this to me, the most simplest of ideas that I feel like as soon as people who are insecure about something feel like what they're owed is being taken away from them. It's just well, so it's that, fragile it's that same, and insecure. It's that same old thing that you hear all the time that when you have been operating out of a position of privilege or I know that a lot of, you know, cisgendered women are probably not going to want to hear that, like a position of privilege. But in society, yes, like yeah. if you have been operating out of... You don't have to worry about what of, bathroom you have to go to, about what right. sports team you can join. Absolutely. About, I mean, there are, those are things that, you know, I never have to think about. Yeah, and so when you're operating out of that place, then you thrill, you feel threatened by the idea of somebody you think is encroaching on your space. You're threatened by the idea of equality. It starts to feel like oppression to you, and yeah. you don't know how to handle it. Yeah, you know, and I just think it's so silly to me because I'm just like, there's room for everybody there is and it's not like it's not like we need to divide this up someone else having more rights is not less rights for you yeah it just I think it's just so sad to see the fear that people have of the transgender community and transgender 
people specifically, like individually, like it's something that I just don't understand. And that's all I see is people being scared of something that they don't understand and don't want to take any time to be a human and talk to somebody and try to understand it. Because really, if everybody would just take a couple seconds and and meet somebody different than them, I feel like they would realize that all of these arguments are so unbelievably silly. But because there is that stigma and that fear surrounding the trans community because of everything that we've discussed, you know, when we did the disclosure episode or we covered that documentary, you know, it just, it breaks my heart to see such public displays of bashing of the trans community when I feel like there's already such a... Yeah, steep hill I agree. to climb it, up. You know, it's just it, it just hurts makes me. me mad because I just feel like these arguments are so uh, uh, they they fall apart. They're not intelligent el- arguments, in, yeah, at all. I mean, and and it's it is frustrating, and my heart goes out to the trans community because I'm just like, man, having to battle this kind of ignorance every day just to be recognized as who you are and just to be able to participate in the things that you enjoy to be without stigma yeah to be visible and to be safe in that visibility you know what i mean so yeah to any of our trans and non-binary listeners like i am so sorry when these things happen and they have to blow up your feed because i can't yeah you're being exposed to this it is and i can't imagine the the fear of the constant you know i just feel like whenever these things come up in social media too it's another excuse for you know maybe another teenager on Instagram to be bullied or you know what I mean it's just like those are the things that I think about and so for all the trans kids out there we love you it's a good thing to bring to people's attention because you know it's upsetting and I would hope that our society is moving in a direction that pulls away from that right uh, and stops making these like false equivalencies that continue to crop up in every single turf argument. I mean, that's the thing that makes me the most crazy is like, stop, stop talking about trans women as though they're cis men. That's not, yeah, yeah. that's not, it's not. Okay. Yeah. I know. I know. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, Keegan and everybody else, I don't know why I said you, Keegan, you email us if you have anything that you want us to talk about in the news, okay? No, to our lovely, lovely listeners, if there's anything that you would like for us to discuss in the news, go ahead and shoot us an email at neighborhoodfeminist at gmail.com or direct message us on Instagram at angryneighborhoodfeminist and follow us there. We have a Twitter that we sometimes use at yampfpodcast, Y-A-N-F podcast we have a facebook business and group page go ahead and rate and review us on the business page and go hop in the group and chat with the other listeners i'm sure it'll be a great time uh you can also go and rate and review us on apple Podcasts. we appreciate it so much when you do that and you will be featured on our instagram for reviews day tuesday we haven't gotten any new reviews in a while you guys so you're you're slipping here. Let's pick it up. You know what I'm saying? And last but not least, if you don't already, go ahead and listen to us on that Radio Public app. I almost just knocked over my heater. Okay. Go ahead and listen. Don't die. <laughs> I'm okay. Go ahead and listen to us on that Radio Public app. It is a free way for you to listen, and it helps us just a little bit. All right. 
That's all we got for you today. Oh, wait, I want to mention again that because we mentioned it during the Ask Me Anything episode that we are wanting to start up a Patreon and we are wanting to get some merch made for you all. So if there are any topics or um, things that you would like to see or hear from us on our Patreon, also feel free to email us and DM us those things. Um, If there's any merch that you want to see, if there's any ideas that you have, or if you're just like down for it and want to let us know, also please feel Feel free to email us, DM us, anything like that. Your feedback is very beneficial to us and knowing what you want so we can give it to you. That is all. <laughs> With all of that being said, we encourage you to rage, to on. rage on. Bye. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.